Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Of course, I am not here alone. Usually we have a triple threat of nerds for you on the bandwagon. We do have a triple threat, but we have a special guest triple threat. Uh, DP is not going to be here today for the show. He he uh, had some other things come up. But of course, I do still have our, my good friend David Ungar. The um, I just want to say the Rise of Skywalker still sucks. <laughs> really, I I could not have guessed that 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 you would actually say that, Patrick. I really the movie, is, the movie is total trash, makes no goddamn sense, and I don't understand why you like it. Well, if we're being really honest, I've seen it once and have never gone back to it. So, like it is kind of a relative term. I didn't mind oh. it. I didn't mind it, but you know. We might we might have to do this for the nerd review one day just to just <laughs> review to see Rise how of bad Skywalker. It is. Re- review Rise of Skywalker so that we can just hear how terrible it you know it is and hear you admit that I'm right. Like that's that's really what I'm going for is for you just to come around and admit that I'm right. Only if you yeah. watch Dumb and Dumber again. So that movie's terrible too. Like I don't understand any like it. But anyway, enough of us squabbling. We're squabbling in front of a guest. We do have a guest on the show today. I'm very excited to have this person on uh, for the first segment. He's a, he's a guy I go way back in the podcasting world with. Uh, met him through Greg DeMarco back when we were doing a podcast for the 411 Mania. Uh, one of the writers, a guy by the name of Tony Acero, here is going to join us today. And Tony still writes for 411 Mania. You're you're still you're still one of the guys there. But you also see his work on thechairshot.com. You can also hear his voice, as I do believe one of the podcasts that Greg puts out post Monday, like a raw reaction, uh, shows up there as well. Is that correct, Tony? Welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, I'm everywhere. It's it's probably just oversaturation at this point, but you know, my ego needs to be fed, so. Well, and it's it's funny that you mention that because the whole reason that I decided to ask you if you wanted to come on this show, and I can't believe I didn't ask you sooner, is because yesterday was Batman Day, and Dave, I don't know if you know this, but Tony has a secret. Do you, do you want to know? Do you know Tony's secret? I I, I want to know his secret. Tony, tell tell the world your secret. I'm Batman. Sweet. Always, that's right. It's true. That's awesome. I always wanted to have Batman on the show. So, you know, not, not our Pat, but the real Batman. Well, and that's, <laughs> you, you bring up our Pat. True story. I saw a tweet that was like, relax, everybody. I don't have COVID. The guy who's playing me has COVID because the real Batman was, wanted us all to know. That is that was helpful. my tweet, yeah. <laughs> That is helpful. And it, cra- it, it cracked me up, and I was like, that's true. Tony Ocero is Batman. But uh, it was it was Batman Day, and so looking looking at the schedule as we were talking about DC Fandom and seeing uh, Tony tweeting up uh, a storm, I decided to shoot him a quick DM and see if he wanted to come in and, and join us on the bandwagon for, for a little while. And just for just for Tony, uh, we were gonna we're gonna talk Batman because yesterday was Batman. We're gonna celebrate DC and the cowl because that's basically been our show for the last, you know, what seven thousand months. We haven't even been on that long, but it feels like DC has ruled the day uh, for the summer, and I think I feel like I'm just redundant at this point. Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of DC 
this year. <laughs> That's for sure. Every every week, basically. And yeah, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna do like I said. We're gonna do things a little bit differently. Normally, we would break down the boys. It was a busy news week in the nerdosphere, and so we got a lot of stuff to break down. And Dave and I are gonna do a lot of that in the second half of the show because we're gonna do a little flip. Because uh, Tony, Tony's got a Tony's got a life outside of the podcast world. Apparently, like that's the rumor. Anyway, like he's he's looking to to earn an income, make a living, things like that. So we want to make sure that he actually has the ability to do that. But having Batman himself on the day after Batman Day made a lot of sense. So we'll do that for the first half, and then the second half we're going to cover episode five of season two of The Boys, which traumatic to say the least, in my opinion. We have a She-Hulk to talk about, Mandalorian Season 2 trailer dropped, PlayStation announcements galore. It's going to be a busy second half of the show as well. But before before we do that, I do want to start with one little news bit just to, just to get your thoughts because it's something we've been talking a lot, of, a lot about on the show and not too terribly surprising. We, we've been talking a lot about the DC Universe streaming service, which... For those who aren't familiar, and if you haven't been listening to the show, then you're not familiar. If you've been listening to the show, we talk about it all the time. DC Universe was uh, as it was an attempt by DC and Warner Brothers to make all of their content available as a uh, video content, as an, uh, a streaming service a la Netflix, to where you could get, uh, the, for example, the Batman animated series was on there. Harley Quinn was originally on there. Doom Patrol started there. Titans. All of these various television shows were on this DC-exclusive streaming platform and when hbo max came along that went away basically progressively over time and is officially kind of the death nail was harley quinn the animated harley quinn series being moved moved over to hbo max we learned this week that dc universe is going to shift to a digital comic platform and dave you, you put out a re- response that I thought was very, I thought it was a little harsh just when I, when I shared the news. Okay. The, the, what, what was your response? My response was, uh, that's great. I think I'll just stick with comiXology was the, the gist of it, which, which isn't a knock on whatever DC's doing. It's just, I've, you know, I've been with comiXology for Jesus, I don't know, like seven, eight years now. And, and and it works just fine. And I, you know, I mean, if you're not on Comixology and and that sort of thing, then I guess DC switching to a, uh, yeah, what a digital comics platform is is my understanding of what we're what we're doing here. Um, right. I mean, great. That that's fine. I, I didn't I didn't see it. it's very similar to like Marvel Unlimited. Marvel's got a similar service, and um, you know, it's all fine and great. And maybe there's some. I mean, if there's some like back trade sort of issues that you can't get through comiXology that DC is going to offer or, or, you know, like what Marvel would offer, then sure, that's great. But I mean, I didn't, I just didn't see anything in there that would tell me I need this in addition to comiXology to get my comics fix. It wasn't meant to be a knock on what they're doing. Um, I mean, I applaud them for trying to keep it going. It, it's still a, what is it? Eight dollars a month, seventy-five bucks a year is what what they were saying. It's not bad. Batman, would you pay eight dollars a month for a DC exclusive content streaming? Well, it's not streaming. Uh, I guess it's a digital comic subscription. No, 
Um, <laughs> I'm not. Unfortunately, I, I'm not big on digital copies of any type of written or illustrated work in terms of the comics. Not because I'm some old geezer who thinks that technology is ruining my childhood, but I just I can't retain the information the same way. I'm not 100% sure why. I've tried to look up if there's a problem with me mentally, and um, it just doesn't work out. I, I mean that even with a like a Nook or a Kindle, um, it just doesn't register the same way when I'm flipping through the pages or if I see a reference to something and I can flip back. I know you can do all of that you know, on the screen, but I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. So, yeah, DC Universe, it, it's funny. You get the streaming service and you think to yourself, I'm going to watch all of this. Look at all this stuff I've never seen before. I can't freaking wait. And then day <laughs> one, you just turn on the animated series and that's all you watch. It, I mean, it sounds like me and the WWE network. Like I got the WWE yeah. network. I'm in, I'm in the middle of 1983 mid Atlantic championship wrestling heading into Starcade one for Harley race and Ric Flair. And I'm more excited about that content than the new content that gets put on the deck. Like I'm like, Oh, there's a pay-per-view next week. I, I mean, I guess I got to watch it because Craig's going to make me talk about it on Wednesday or on Thursday, Tuesday, whatever day it is. I, they all blend together. It's all the same with the yeah. present content, but right. Listen, but, guys, I, I could talk for an hour and a half on how bad the WWE product is. In fact, I do that <laughs> every Monday night on the raw reaction here right, on right. the chair shot. <laughs> Look at that. Look at a cheap plug. I love it. I love it. I'm the same way. You mentioned you mentioned watching the old content. The whole, only reason I ever considered getting DC Universe was to watch the Batman, the original Batman animated series from the 90s, like the early late 80s, early 90s, around when the first uh, or the first or second Tim Burton movie came out. I think it was the second one, which because Catwoman was heavily involved, that was the only thing initially that I was like. Yes, this is why I would get this service. I, I'm interested to see if D, what DC does to make, and it's not going to be called DC Universe anymore. I can't remember what they changed the name to. I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to try to do to hook you to make it feel like it'd be a worthwhile investment. Like, do they stall out Comicsology? Do you get new issues first if you use their platform versus Comicsology? Well, it, it seems like there's a... I mean, just the different concept. If I'm understanding what they're doing right, you pay $8 a month, you can just, you know, for $8 a month, you have unlimited access to their library. Whereas Comixology is more, you're actually purchasing the content. So, you know, and, and I mean, I've, I've always kind of just been like, it, it's kind of like the idea about on, on Voodoo or anything like that, rent a movie versus buying it. I'd rather just buy it and own it and do it at my own pace and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that, that seems to me to be the, the big difference is like, okay, do I just want to have unlimited access to do whatever I want? Or do I just say, you know, and I'm not trying to be idyllic here or something like that. But I think like with digital comics, there's always been the argument that it, it's kind of robbing some of the uh, the companies and the writers and stuff of, of what they otherwise might be getting. And I think if you're paying, doing unlimited, you're probably getting that, you know, you're probably compounding that problem a little bit. That may be just wild speculation on my part, part but um, I, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them do something exclusive. That's for sure. And something like, yeah, okay, we're, this stuff's going to hit before. I, I mean, but there's always a delay on comiXology anyway. It's always like, you know, three months later and then bang, here's your collected edition. So mm. I don't know. 
I mean, it, it, it's, it's, you know, as long as people are still reading comics, I'm happy with whatever medium they're using. That That's the way I look at it. Right. I Yeah. And Tony, I'm with you. I can't, I can't read a digital book or comic either. Like there's something about holding pages, if that makes sense. And like the physical act of like turning a page, reading it. Uh, I like keeping, I like having volumes. I'm introducing the little O down to trade paperbacks actually right now because I don't want him using his Kindle to look at comics. I want him to have the same experience. So yeah, we'll see how this rollout goes. Uh, I, I like you, Dave, I, I kudos to DC for trying. We'll, we'll see if it, if it takes off or if in another year they're thanking everybody for their dedication. I'll be interested to see if numbers drop, like we're the only the hardcore holding on, but, uh, I just I don't see it when there's other viable platforms out there unless they make it truly special. And it's weird, you know, the timing when they just change your distributor. We right. talked about that a couple months ago. Yeah, absolutely. But enough about that. Enough about streaming services we think are destined to fail. Let's get yeah. to the whole reason that we brought Tony Acero onto the show today. The reason I wanted to talk to him yesterday was Batman Day. Uh, on according to DC. And so it was everything about celebrating the man under the cowl. The, the oddly enough of all the things I saw regarding Batman day yesterday, you know, what got me the most excited this what? monster bat wing Lego set. I actually shared it in the bandwagon nerds, uh, Twitter chat. It's like this, it's huge. It looks like it takes up a quarter of a wall. It's awesome. And probably costs like a thousand dollars, and I'm not going to buy it. But that, like, oh, come on, that, man, me, just plunk down that money. I'm sure the Mrs. O'Dowd is going to get totally behind purchasing <laughs> that. But you know, I know that there's other superheroes that have days. Like I know that Marvel does like a Spider-Man day. I know there's been a Superman day. But Batman's always kind of felt special, and, you know. And I'm going to let Tony go first with this, uh, just because of of the moniker. Uh, that that we kind of opened the show with. But what is it about Bruce Wayne and Batman that really strikes a chord with people and has become and has made him such a popular character? And I, you know, just want to hear from each of our perspectives. What is his appeal? What what draws us into this character? Why do we love him so much? I mean, I think it's multi-layered. The the most obvious one would be the idea that you as a child can have high aspirations to be Batman and it can actually happen barring a few restrictions. Um, none of us are aliens from another planet. We don't have a ring. Um, we we're not bitten by a radioactive spider. We're not, you know, we don't have adamantium in our body and yes, I'm aware I'm crossing Marvel and DC, but that's kind of irrelevant. Um, so Batman is somewhat attainable in terms of, you know, as a child, like, you know, all you have to do is be rich and an asshole and your parents have to die. <laughs> and there's, there's plenty of those around. So, <laughs> so, um, aside from that, he's imperfect. Um, he is not perfect at all. In fact, he's, he's kind of a dick. Um, there's multiple different iterations of Batman and almost all of them. The common thread is that he's not that nice of a guy, <laughs> like at least Batman is and Bruce Wayne can fake it. But, uh, I think that that relates a lot to, you know, comic book readers and people in general. There's a reason why this is crossed over to not just comics. Um, 
Superman is always going to be the the good guy, you know, uh, even when he's bad in certain certain stories of Batman and certain lores. But Batman's just that too cool for school person that you know you you want to be. Even if Ben Affleck played him at one point, you still have this. Oh, I don't hate on the Ben Affleck Batman. You know what? Look, he had a great chin. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, actually, I didn't mind Ben Affleck. I thought he played a great uh, seasoned Bruce Wayne, which was what he was going for. Um, yeah, so th- those are a couple of reasons. Aside from that, it's just, you know, the on the page, he's been able to grow and evolve. Um, some superheroes haven't really changed all that much. Batman has gone from... I think it was red and black to actually having a cape and a cowl to um, being brooding to marrying Catwoman. He's got a family that you follow and, you know, people have died around him. I think it's just a bit more grounded than more other superheroes, which allows people to relate more. Dave, what about you, man? Well, I, I, I tend to agree with a lot with what Tony said. I mean, the appeal of Batman is kind of, yeah, I mean, Superman is is kind of the ideal, that sort of thing, but not very attainable. And it turns off, I know, a lot of people who aren't into the whole, you know, uh, schoolboy, the Boy Scout, as the schoolboy, as Oliver said, in The Dark Knight Returns. They're not into that. And Batman is a darker, uh, almost the, the negative image of Superman. But he's still, you know, he's still fighting for truth and justice and that sort of thing. And, and, and you know, his own agendas as far as his... Uh, you know, trying to get revenge or, or make sure that this never happens to anybody else, what happened with his parents. But I think like Tony said, I mean, Batman is at least in theory something that anybody could accomplish. I mean, yes, you would need a lot of money. Yes, you would need a shit ton of martial arts training and and, and the, the stars would have to align in ridiculous ways. But if you had the money and the resources and the time and the training, sure, Batman might be possible. And I think that appeals to some people as like something that's, well, this is kind of attainable. You know, hey, if I spend a million hours shooting bows and arrows, I could be Green Arrow or Hawkeye. You know, there's the uh, appeal to the real world sort of, it's not a complete fantasy, even if it is. But I, I just think, I think Batman really appeals to the, the no nonsense, the, the just, this is, this is a guy who doesn't take a bunch of shit. This is a guy who's out there operating by his own rules. And wedged within that whole rule is the thou shalt not kill. I will not kill anybody. So he does all this. I mean, he will break bones and beat the hell out of people, but he won't go that last step, you know, and, and he's he's idyllic in a way. So he's got all the cool gadgets. He's got the cool cars. He's got the bat cave. He's uh, I mean, he's Batman. I mean, Tony's Batman, but he's still Batman. You know, that sort of thing. All right. Tony's. Have you guys seen and I don't remember what the sketch is from, but it's a comedy sketch where Pat Oswalt is the penguin. Batman comes walking in uh, to threaten the penguin. And he thinks that people are pretending to be dead, but he's really like shooting them. Like he thinks he's not killing them, but he, he has been for like years. And the commissioner just keeps like commissioner Gordon has been covering it up. Have you guys seen this sketch? Yeah. <laughs> I need, I, I was like, Dave's face is like, totally blank dave i gotta show you this sketch it's one of the funniest things ever of he's kind of laughing at the brutality of batman he like brutally murders the penguin and then just doesn't think he's dead like he's like no he's just knocked out he's asleep and no he's dead (laughs) like it's hilarious (laughs) uh but uh, you know it's it's funny 
I'm going to share here, and, and it's no secret on this show. I'm not a, I'm not a DC guy. Uh, I've maybe read six Batman comics ever because I'm, I'm, I'm a make mine Marvel guy. There's no real comparison in Marvel though, to Batman. Like a lot of people argue Tony Stark, but I don't, I don't buy that at all. Cause Tony Stark was a billionaire playboy, not a detective. Like he was a genius and a scientist and, and an inventor. And I just, his life of excess bled into Iron Man and, and that sort of thing. And I know that happens with Batman as well, but I just have never seen the two. I've never seen the comp quite as, as tightly as some other folks do. And it's, it's interesting to me. The, there is that, that sort of appeal to just how he's just cool. I think that's the other thing. Like his look is cool. Like, and I think that's, like we, when you look at, let's use the boys for example. We're watching the boys. Black Noir is Batman with like mm-hmm. super strength. Like Black Noir's <laughs> Black Noir is Batman. Straight down to in this episode, we're going to talk about it in the second half. Like he's using basically batarangs to like thunk people in the shit. Now he he's going to kill people. Like he doesn't have that moral code. Like he doesn't have a problem with that. But. Batman seems to connect and resonate in a way that even Tony Stark didn't until Robert Downey Jr. made him popular. And even then it was like this playboy lifestyle sort of thing. Whereas, you know, there's that dark brooding edge that Batman's always kind of carried, except for that weird seventies run late sixties when we had the TV show and we, we kind of made him silly. Don't we we don't talk about that. One of the most serious takes of Batman I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, it was it was yeah, it was dark and gritty, and uh, and Joker had a mustache, and you it know, was weird. Re- regarding the Tony Stark comparison, I will say that um, from what I've gathered, Tony Stark is in every essence Iron Man. Bruce Wayne is not Batman. They're two distinctly different sides of the same man, but Tony Stark is. Like I'm, he literally, I'm Iron Man, bitch. Like, yeah, he's proud of it. Yeah, there is this one episode of the 1960s version of Batman where Commissioner Gordon calls Batman and uh, the Chief calls Bruce Wayne at the same time, and they want Bruce Wayne to talk to Batman. And in one of the most hilarious scenes ever, Adam West is on two phones, changing his voice ever so slightly to have a conversation with himself. It's beautiful. That sounds outstanding. And now I need to find out where, where do we know where <laughs> the old Batman television series is streaming? That's got to exist somewhere, right? Uh, I have bam. Pow. You, you would think they'd put that on HBO max. That would be a coup. It really well, they did. Be. They did an animated movie homage to that series. Yeah. That's on HBO max that you could totally watch. Yeah. We didn't watch it. We instead watched The Dark Knight Returns, which I'm sorry I went East German Judge. It, it wasn't a bad story. It just felt incomplete. If that, you know what I mean? Like it felt like they had to remove elements that would have made, to me, would have made it a, feel a little more true to, to Miller's work. I, I'm not sure. Correct me. I mean, I may be wrong. Well, but. I mean, it it was it was going to be imperfect. I mean, that's why they did it in two parts to try and capture as much of it as they could. Right. Well, and, and Frank Miller is just so dark. Like I think of his daredevil work and just how brutal 
that stuff is. I can only imagine the Dark Knight Returns storyline was was the same. And it just it yeah. felt like they softened it. It felt like they softened it a lot for the animated film. Is, like the little O'Dowd watched it and was not disturbed. Until than, the Joker broke it. Until the Joker broke his own neck. That right, was weird. Right. I, I mean like they in some places, yeah. I mean animation in and of itself is gonna soften it some. I mean if if you but I mean, that's that was my thing. My comment is like, this is what Batman versus Superman should have been. If you're going to go down that path, you know, take out stupid bullshit with Doomsday. And this is what, you know, no Martha. It wasn't about that. It was about ego and, and, and you know, everybody's ego. And well, we can't have we can't have Batman being able to secure Gotham. So we need to do that. Superman go in there and kick his ass. So, you know, right. Yeah, man, if a cartoon makes the lines more powerful than a live action movie there's something wrong when you have bruce wayne standing over superman telling him i want you to remember this moment remember the day i almost beat you and you don't get chills like holy shit right yeah and and that and that moment is in the animated film uh yeah and it was i mean i didn't i i was like whoa that's pretty dope i will say this and, and this actually, this conversation segues very nicely into this next thing about the, I could see in the animated film what Zack Snyder was trying to do in Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Like I could see it. I just hate Zack Snyder uh, as a director, as a filmmaker <laughs> And just and the Martha thing is stupid. And there were like I have a lot of problems with Batman versus Superman. But I could see it. And and I would say honestly, of the two, enjoyed uh enjoyed the animated, you know, two part Dark Knight returns better than, than Batman versus Superman. Oh, not even close. <laughs> not yeah. Even close. yeah. So so we Batman and this is true for a lot of but Batman for a while was unique in my opinion because when before the Marvel Cinematic Universe really burst onto the scene and kind of exploded, you could find Batman on film. You could find him in comics. He had animated series and he had live action TV shows. Where is your best Batman? Like when you can find Batman, where where do you find it to be the best for you? Holy Jump shit! In either That's way. A- uh, a big question, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I have I, to say that it. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go okay, ahead. You're, I'll go. you're the man. You're the <laughs> guest here. So. Um, I'd have to say that it fluctuates. I mean, when I, I distinctly remember that before I knew any comics or cartoons or movies, it was just action figures. I had mm. like 30 Batman, and they all had different powers. Batman didn't have any powers, but my action figures did. And then the animated series came out along the time I was growing up. So that was comfort food um and when i bought the comics it wasn't like a. I didn't buy weekly uh, i tried to with the new 52 and i just couldn't keep up um so i would just buy you know the graphic novels the the collections and just like dove straight in um so i enjoy him in every medium uh in terms of what i i well, I, I just said it. I guess the animated series is comfort food it's something that i can constantly go back to and just kind of play um i have a wide array of books and my entire bottom two shelves are all Batman comics. Like, so I can grab one of those at any time and enjoy it. Uh, Christopher Nolan just changed the world with his Batman movies. So, you know, you, you can't deny those. 
Um, and if you're, if you have an affinity for nipples, then both George Clooney and Val Kilmer can help you there. So it's kind of hard to really pick one. Um, I'd Fucking say Joel Schumacher, of, man, <laughs> pilotability, probably the animated series. I feel like that's the definitive, um, when you look at the impact that it had on Batman, it created whole characters. It created Harley Quinn. It like rewrote certain things. It, it added to the lore instead of just being a different version of it most uh yeah most tv shows and movies are taking from stuff that's already been created whereas the animated series did both like i mean harley quinn wouldn't exist without the animated series and now she's a monster all of her own yeah it's crazy how how hard that character took off i mean to the to the extent that kevin smith named his daughter after the character like (laughs) like it just dry it blows my mind a little bit and yeah, Margot Robbie's set for life just because she's Harley Quinn right now. She is. I mean, <laughs> you think of you think of uh, Harley Quinn and you think Margot Robbie and that sort of thing. And, and like we've said, you know, looking at DC fandom those couple days, the uh, Harley Quinn Q of A Q and A is fantastic. Just, I mean, a, a hardcore, no nonsense, not pulling any punches right in your face. This is not for the kids sort of character and, and and you know and, and dc a little bit more so than marvel i would say has not shied away from that line you know marvel doesn't cross it too much dc's got eh, no real qualms about doing it from time to time i'm sorry what line are you referring to the 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 line about you know uh more edgy adult content i think you know more yeah. adult language they don't shy yeah, we... away from that um you know like when when Cat, Partic- Cat- particularly in their in their animated stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, definitely. So, you know, that's I, I mean, to me, like if you're asking me, I mean, the comics for me have always been my big thing for Batman. I mean, it's just that's that's just what I grew up on, and and there's a lot to digest because <laughs> the Batman comics span decades, and you know right. he never ages that sort of thing, which is it's kind of like the Simpsons. Batman really doesn't age except in the Dark Knight Returns, where he is an older version. But like uh, Tony was saying, the Christopher Nolan trilogy really uh, took Batman to a new level. I mean, it was really the only DC character that could compete with the MCU when the MCU started to really hit its trajectory. You know, and, and it was hey, the Dark you know, Knight. So you both have brought up the Christopher Nolan films. And we've talked about this again, I think, at nauseum on the show. But I do find it to be an interesting double-edged sword for DC cinematic films. Because the success of the Christopher Nolan trilogy really, I think, set DC in an interesting direction when they started working on their next spate of films. Do we think... Like, like what impact do we see? Do we, do we think that the Noel, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. I'm sorry. Give me a second. The Christopher Nolan trilogy was a great thing for the Batman franchise. What was it for the DC cinematic franchise? Um, an impossible bar to meet essentially. I mean, I think they, it set the standard so high that when DC decided to try and and do the expanded universe, it, it was a very high bar to meet that they weren't they probably weren't going to get to. And I think it kind of tainted everybody to think it well, DC needs to be a, a darker, more brooding, more 
you know, just kind of like in the in the corners of shadows sort of thing. And then you saw what they did with Man of Steel, where they tried to make Superman a darker character, and it really didn't work. And and then they tried to do BVS, which was just too dark. And and Ben Affleck, no offense to him, he, he for an older Batman, he was fine. But people still like Christopher Nolan's Batman. They had Christian Bale in their head. And so it didn't transfer over properly. And then you see them now saying, shit, we need to go in the opposite direction. Hence Aquaman, Shazam. Wonder Woman's kind of a tweener using wrestling terminology. She's kind of between the dark stuff and the more lighter stuff. Um, but I think the the Nolan trilogy really kind of, dare I say, set them back because they couldn't match the excellence that was there. And, and it just, it kind of, it kind of funneled them into a certain place that they didn't need to go with the vision that, that you want to introduce the Justice League. It can't be all, can't be all dark because that's not what the Justice League is really all about. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I think the problem was their constant yearning to be something else, whether it be Nolan or Marvel, they couldn't find their footing. And when you look at the Marvel universe as it stands and you look at the Nolan universe, like those are two vastly different arenas that you shouldn't be putting your foot in either one. Um, if you're trying to create a whole new lore, um, because by the time they tried to inject humor into the movie, it just wasn't funny anymore. Like you gave us this depressing ass, like strength. The, the reason wonder woman stood so well on its own is because of the fact that it could stand on its own. Um, uh, they, I, they just weren't good at it. Marvel had what a 20 year head start damn near like 12 years. <laughs> right. So right. They, and, and they took their time and they were not in a rush and they also weren't competing. And I think one of DC's biggest issues is that they saw it as a competition and y- you weren't going to win. So just make your own movie, focus on your characters, make them feel real, but not like so real. They're going to break your neck through the screen and then move forward with what you got. So <clears throat> did Nolan damage it? I think, I think he had a, a a hand in it. I think the expectations were pretty lofty. I mean, when you watch those three movies, even if you watch them now, they're, they're great pieces of cinema, period. I mean, oh, yeah. from a personal standpoint, I think Batman Begins was a little too long with the origin story, but I got what he was doing. I think, um, you know, the third one was had its weaknesses as well, but yeah, The Dark Knight is a m- cinematic masterpiece. So there was no way in hell you were going to touch Nolan's, um, whether it be the writing, the character, the, the lore that he created of Batman. So you shouldn't have even tried <laughs> like not even right. a little bit. <laughs> I would, I would beg, I would find myself a couple of writers that didn't even see the movie. If that would have even existed. And Batman's that, that a very would've... different character from any of the other justice league members and, and right. trying to do a, a cinematic universe through the Batman lens. It, it, that's a recipe for, for failure is is my take yeah, on it he's not, right he's not not the, the 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 happy you know even though brooding somewhat alcoholic he's not a leader i mean batman's not a leader he's the one that has a contingency plan to kill everyone that's not right <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that guy in charge not not at all see brooding alcoholic there's the similarity with bruce wayne and tony stark there you go patrick right there right right demon in a bottle yes so on and so forth so Dave often makes the joke on this show that bandwagon nerds has been a little less bandwagon as we've gone along. And this week is actually an exception in regard to this nerd, because I already, I already shared this in the, in the open when we were talking about Batman and what appeals to him. My, my familiarity with the character really boils down to film 
in animation. And that's really what I know. And so I asked Dave to do this and Tony, I'm going to put you on the spot. So Dave, I would, Dave, every once in a while, will do a character breakdown, uh, pick, pick a couple of characters, do a breakdown and then talk about some storylines. And I was like, go have some, what are some storylines? Like, tell us your favorite Batman comic plots. And it was like, well, I already kind of did that. And I'm like, okay, so why don't you tell me some under the radar storylines worth checking out? And so I'd like the two of you, I, you know, you're both familiar with the comics on some level, lay a couple of storylines on me that I should go out and get a trade paperback or a back issue to find and read to get me up to speed with, with some of the best of the best of the bat, if, if you will. <laughs> and I was I was actually looking for my list. Is that is that is that what you were looking? For I was looking when, for my list because the I, show late I, for you? I had a bunch of stuff like listed and, and things that I kind of excluded. So I was looking for that. But Tony, Tony, here's the thing you got to know about Dave. You can't. You have to give Dave very specific parameters when you ask for a list. Because if you ask for a top four from Dave, he thinks that means top forty four. Yeah. Because he's got to <laughs> ha- he's got he's got to have forty honorable mentions on top of his top four. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't say he's underprepared. That's true. No, you definitely can't. Um, I mean, I would say just talking about stuff like I'd ranked before and, and stuff that's kind of under the radar, you know, I and Tony, you mentioned the new 52. Um, I think like the first two volumes, like collected editions of the new 52, which deals with the Court of Owls, is some of the best Batman stuff that I've read in a long time. And I don't know how Tony feels about it, but that's a phenomenal story. It goes on for about like 20 issues. Um, that's one I, I don't think gets as much love as it should. Although I think the new video game is going to introduce the Court of Owls to this whole thing. That'd be one that would be fun to check out because it's a great story. And it gets deep into some of the history and lore of Gotham. Um I don't know, Tony, what do you think of the Court of Owls series? I think it was great. You know, with the comic book, you control the speed in which you intake the story. And it's very, very rare for, because as a reader, I, I'm not sure how everyone else reads, but I'm a writer by trade, so dialogue is what I, I'm drawn to almost immediately because they're words. And I try to pause after I read to digest the entire photo and everything that's been put into it. Court of Owls, the entire series, that's just a breakneck speed. I couldn't stop that. Like, I was just, I'll look at the pictures later. This is so engrossing that I want to know what's, what's happening next. And that's really hard for a comic book to do because it's, it's dialogue driven. It's not real big on narrative. So for it to do that, it just, I, 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 it was a great, great start. Yeah. The entire thing. And it did. It did give give us some lore on stuff that we didn't necessarily know about. Or you know, I, I think Arkham has its own uh, comic that gave us some background that was later put into the games. But yeah, Court Owls definitely agree on that one. Um, one collection that got a lot of love, I'd say, in the last few years, but before that wasn't all that big. Was uh, I'd say Hush. I love Hush, and I think the uh, again the video game. I think that helped out a lot. Um, this was maybe. 8, 10, 18, 18 years ago, maybe 15, 18. I don't know, but it, it's a good one. Yeah. It's like a, you, you kind of get this little bit of a red herring with two face. Uh, and then it just becomes something else completely. Uh, the most recent one that I read that kind of struck the, struck a chord was white Knight. Uh, it has the Joker going like good and Batman going crazy because of it. Like it just doesn't make sense to him. And 
it's kind of a cliche story, but the way it's done is, is fun. I really enjoyed that one as well. Um, the there's one on the Joker. It's just it's just called Joker. I, I don't know what year that was, um, but I, I enjoyed that one as well, mainly for the art. Some amazing art. I'd, I'd also add in um, Dark Knight's Metal, which isn't completely a Batman story. Oh, yeah. it, it does involve the other, you know, a lot of the other superheroes, but that is way out there, and it's a fantastic story. And that's where you start getting these various versions of Batman from alternate realities and various versions of all these other characters. And it's, it's you know, pardon the pun, batshit crazy in a lot of places, but it's really good. I think I heard Tony agree with me on that one. Yeah, that thing is nuts. That's just like you, everything you think you shouldn't do, they do. Yeah, pretty much so it that always makes the best kind of story well all right so thank goodness i have a uh, library card and can can look up some of these collections because i know a lot of them have put in put into volumes and i'm gonna tell you this kids your local library is your best friend it's free in well it's not free you pay taxes so if you pay taxes get yourself a library card and then use it very valuable keep those people employed and get some comic books because I just heard a lot of great recommendations there. I think, Dave, I'm going to task you to put on the Bandwagon Nerds Twitter list. I want you to put those volumes up. Can uh, you do that? Some of the, some of that stuff that we just talked about, oh, just yeah. put it up as a, yeah, as a mean, top reading list. Yeah, I mean, I do the, you know, if you haven't read The Dark Knight Returns, Patrick, I don't know if you've read the actual, you read it, right, Frank Miller's or? No, I told you I hadn't. Okay. I, I watched it. I mean, that'd thing, be. But I could feel. Watching the watching the movie, I could feel that it wasn't like it's. I know Frank Miller's writing from Daredevil. I don't know Frank Miller's writing from Batman. Yeah, you would you would enjoy it. It's it's a tremendous story. It's uh, probably the best cool. Batman graphic novel. One of the most and one of the easiest, most accessible ones to to get to is very famous graphic novel cover, the look, all of that. So right. But yeah, we'll we'll put that reading list up for everybody to read or to check out on the Bandwagon Nerds Twitter account since right now we just still do polls and you can probably put some better content up there on occasion. Sure. Uh, and so I'll, I'll leave it to the actual experts and I'll try to jump on the bandwagon for a change. Uh, but with that, we're, we're going to wrap up our Batman talk. We're going to really quickly. Tony, thank you for taking some time out of your day to come and talk to us. Uh, about the dark night a little bit of dc it was it was great just to have you on i i it's strange to not talk to you about aj lee um well and based on our and based on our previous has aj aj hasn't been replaced right by the new jedi um popping up <laughs> in the mandalorian or anything right like aj no, still no number one, one in your heart no one can replace AJ. Um, she had all. She had everything. I wish she was around in this particular iteration of women's wrestling. She had the skill. She just only had three to five minute matches, if that. But promo-wise, untouchable. She's just a great character. Um, Sasha still needs a lot of work with her delivery, especially when she's a face. Um, but, yeah. Sasha is the current obsession. It, it's all gimmick, you know that. But oh um, yeah, I know, I get it, I get it. <laughs> you know, I gotta troll somebody. Um, there you go. Yeah, no, no. but yeah, but uh, anything, anything for the readers of four one one mania dot com, bro. Yeah, I went from <laughs> doing night to doing everything. The unfortunate passing of Larry. Yeah, 
I feel like it was his final jab at me before he passed away. It was like, ha ha, asshole, you're going to work every fucking day now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a that was a huge loss. Uh, and, you know, when when I learned of his passing, he, talking to I talked to Steve Cook about it very, very briefly, just, you know, sort of extending my condolences. But just the influence uh, and the, you know, the work that you guys have done to keep that website going you, you, it's taking a village to do what one guy was doing. And it's, it's impressive the work that, that he left behind the legacy that he left behind. And I'm glad to see that you guys are, you know, as a, as a collective, I think doing a great job, keeping, keeping the site strong. So, uh, you know, kudos to, to all of you, uh, for, for that work that you've done. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that man did it. <laughs> no, not at all. So, before we let you go, and I just want I just want to put it out there that I hope that this is not a one time only visit. I'm hoping we can get you on here another, you know, some more times in the future. Uh, just to have you talk talk shop. I know that you know your stuff just as well as anybody else, but I wanted to make sure that you have a a moment to to put yourself over. Uh, as Tony mentioned, he's a writer. He's been a writer for as long as I've known him for more than just wrestling. He's more than a podcaster. So Tony, tell everybody all the different outlets and ways that they can find you, whether it be social media, uh, the interwebs or otherwise. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm working on a project right now. <clears throat> Hopefully be done by the end of the year. Um, I'm also helping, uh, I didn't tell you this in the, uh, the beginning, I'm helping someone write a comic book, which is a completely new venture for me. Um, it's very difficult to strip down thousands of words onto, you know, a page for just dialogue because you're trusting the artist to, you know, paint those words for you. But I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm glad I I do watch the boys. So I would be happy to talk to you guys about that. I just have to catch up. I will now watch the Mandalorian because Tasha Banks is on it. So I'll catch up on that as well. And um, (laughs) yeah, um, anything you need, just let me know. I'll see if I can put some time aside. Uh, As far as me, I'm at Tony Acero 411 on Twitter. My Pornhub page is, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong pop. Um, yeah, Tony Serrold, you can just, you can, you can Google me. I, I'm out there. I'm everywhere. 411 is now my playground. I do the Monday Night Raw recap uh, review. I do the Wednesday Night Dynamite review. I do the Friday Night Smackdown review. I review the pay-per-views. I am basically like, I feel like I'm Larry's missing leg. Yep. Okay then. No. <laughs> and Tony, you're in. Uh, you're down in. Uh, you're in my neck of the woods. You're in California. Oh yeah. Yep. I am. I went to Cal State Long Beach. I. Um, I'm very, very local. I also run a restaurant. If you ever want to eat. Uh, so yeah. I'm. I don't sleep. Yeah, I'm up in Bakersfield, so I need to get down to your your area more often because you know it's Bakersfield. Come on by. Just let me know. It's Bakersfield, so you know yeah. you know what that's all about. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, those are yeah, yeah. You guys have some great methods. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, now that this has gotten a little out of hand, fellas, we're gonna let Tony go so that he can uh, go do his work uh, apparently on Pornhub. Tony, thank you again for coming. We will definitely have you back on the show. We look forward to having you and uh, talk to you soon, man. Yeah, thanks. And for those wondering where my slight crassness comes from, I just want everyone to know I'm a product of Greg DeMarco. <laughs> yes indeed all right well that was tony <laughs> all right you guys later man 
All right. Well, that was Tony Acero, 411 Mania Extraordinaire, all over the place. A lot of fun talking about Batman. Oh, you can't. I mean, Batman's just so iconic and so easy to talk about and such a such a wealth of history that you can just get lost talking about Batman forever and just having the actual Batman here. That's a coup. I know. I'm, That's a I'm coup honored. for bandwagon nerds. Way to I, go. And and most people probably didn't know that, you know, Bruce, Bruce Wayne was a pseudonym. Like, it's not the not the real name. An alias. Kind of like Patrick O'Dowd isn't a real name. It's a pseudonym. I mean, it's a totally legit name. I, I, have, totally to legitimate. Tell, I have to tell you a story because I know you've mentioned your real name on the show before. But you remember last year, I mentioned la- yesterday the Nats were 19 and 31 for the second year in a row. And, right, right, right. And I remember last year when the Nats and the Cardinals met in the NLCS and I was interchanging with you and we were very cordial and respectful with each other. And you were gracious when it all, you know, when it was all done, I didn't realize that Patrick Quinn was Patrick O'Dowd until, until many months later when we started the show. All the listeners know that Patrick O'Dowd. Yeah. Yes. I, it was, it was funny. I was, I was thinking about it last night. I was like, that's right. I, I never, I didn't, I didn't connect the two because you actually have, you know, both accounts out there so um so that was that was kind of funny but yeah there will be no miracle comeback this year that's for sure all right well and my baseball team is delightfully mediocre but you know it's funny i'll get to the playoffs this year (laughs) it's it's funny you brought up sports because uh you know i I feel like i should tell the listeners about how you stole my joy last week i know i'm not even talking to you about the bears this week I don't because it's playing locally because they're playing the Giants and I've got it recording. And when I finish this show, I will watch it in its entirety. Like I'm not even going to start it till this evening. Like I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch any football until I have time without the kid, without the wife. I'm going to watch the game and let the chips fall as they may. And if we lose to the Giants, then you will see me again declare the season over. Like that, that's just going to be my no updates from me, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. Don't even say, but no, but none of that. No, but what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we're going to get into the first half of the show. And I'm looking at this rundown. I'm going to blow it all up, Dave. We're going to cover the boys last. That's the last thing we're going to talk about on the show. We're going to go out of order. We're going to start from, we're going to, we're going to start from the least, news bits so like the smallest news bits to biggest so we're going to talk she hulk then go to the trailer park playstation 5 then the boys season two but before we go to break of course we got to pay some bills i got to remind you all that if you love what we're doing here on bandwagon nerds if you love some of our other podcasts whether it's pod as pod is war dwi podcast winner is you dpp's other podcast any of them dave what am i leaving out what's a what's a podcast i woefully forgetting you think you hit them all man you hit pot is war you hit uh three man weave i don't know if you mentioned three three man weave with pc tunny and um now platt and that guy ray cash ray cash which by the way i feel like our dance card could fill up ray cash has expressed interest in being on the show robin a is expressed interest in being on the show there are a lot of nerds out there that's for sure there are so you know, hopefully we get that. But if you love our content and you love what we're putting out on the chairshot.com, take a few minutes, head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and take a look at our selection of shirts that we have for all of our shows. We got all kinds of good stuff. I'm thinking I have an idea for another bandwagon nerd shirt, by the way, 
uh, because we joke about the East German judge. <laughs> I, I feel like we, I feel like we could come up with an East German judge t-shirt, but there are shirts for a, a winner is you bandwagon nerds. You can get the Platt Belaz election shirt while we're still in the cycle. November's not quite here yet. There's show um, there's shirts for uh, the Greg DeMarco show, uh, all of them. And we work hard to put out that good content. And so we would love to have your support helps keep us going, helps us deliver content every day on the chairshot.com. So you can buy them standard style, or if you're feeling fancy, spend a few bucks more and get one soft style. Again, that is the chair. Uh, that is pro forward slash the chair shot. Buy yourself a t-shirt. When we come back, all kinds of news to cover. Very excited. And we're going to wrap up the day talking about a traumatic episode of The Boys. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. And welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you for listening to the sweet, sweet, dulcet tones of Christopher Platt, the somewhat grating voice of PC Tony, and Kenny Killer. Yeah. Also, yeah. Velvet Pipes. Not quite as velvety as Christopher Platt, but still great, great voice. And Amber too. Can't forget Amber. And Amber. Oh, I always forget about Amber. It's just cause cause Amber's is so brief. Amber's is just that the chairshot.com always use your head. Like right. it's a very it's a very quick one. So that's my fault. I'm a terrible human being. Amber, if you listen to this podcast, please forgive me. Find it in your heart. I have a feeling a- she'll forgive you. All right. We should bring her on the show and I'll beg for forgiveness that way. <laughs> just saying. Anyway. It was quite the news week this week, Dave. I did. Like, I, I was like midweek. I was like, good luck with the rundown this week, dude. <laughs> so there's so much shit right, going and, on. And trying to and trying to figure out what would be worthwhile to talk about and, and keep things current. I think I did a pretty good job. We're, we're covering all of the bases. We, we've talked a lot of DC, but we, we finally have a little tidbit of Marvel news that's, that's kind of exciting. We have a She-Hulk. We, we have do. a She-Hulk. Yes. Tatiana Mazzolani. I have uh, zero familiarity with her, but. So me too. Uh, apparently she was, or she, yeah, she was on Orphan Black. Right. It was the TV show. And she played the, like she played multiple, multiple roles. So I don't have any question about her acting chops. You know what I mean? Like clearly, I mean, Orphan Black ran for quite a few seasons. It was very popular. Yeah. And literally, I mean, Orphan Black, the, the story is, is she's one of many clones. And so she basically just gets to play all these different roles and different character personalities throughout this. So co- tackling Jen Walters sounds like a small task. Yeah. I mean, you know, if there's one thing about Marvel that they repeatedly get right that DC has had struggled with. And as we've said in the early days of the show is casting. And I, you know, I have no, if they think she's proper for the role, then I got no reason to think that they've got it wrong. You know, and, and, and the fact that you're going to get 
the She-Hulk character introduced to this whole thing. Uh, you know, she's going to have what her own standalone series, I guess, is what they're going to do. Yeah, it's right? going to be on Disney. Eventually, it's going to be on Disney Plus, and it sounds like in twenty twenty-seven. That's right. Right, right, twenty twenty-seven. But it sounds like Mark Ruffalo will be involved, which is awesome because because he's already spoiled it by saying welcome to welcome to the family cause because that's what Mark Ruffalo does. For those of you who don't know. You can't keep a uh, casting or spoiler secret with either Mark Ruffalo or Tom Holland. Apparently both of them are terrible leaks. They will reveal <laughs> things. They'll do it in interviews so much so that they don't get to do interviews by themselves anymore because they have to have someone to keep them in check. And there's some very famous stuff. I love, I can't remember which show it is, but he's doing an interview on like the tonight show or the late, late show. And it's him and Don Cheadle. And Mark Ruffalo reveals something, and Don Cheadle's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" It's hilarious. It's great. Yeah, I think so, I saw that one. But I mean, it's 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 great. If these shows ever get going, it'll be fantastic. There'll be so much stuff to watch and hey, talk about. Alleg- allegedly, WandaVision is coming before the end of the year. That's if right. you believe that, if you believe the Disney Plus teaser, the thirty second teaser, WandaVision looks like it's going to leapfrog Falcon and the Winter Soldier to take over as the first MCU Disney plus show. So we could get clues as to the next big bag in the Marvel cinematic universe sooner rather than later. Cause I'm telling you, Wanda's going to be a problem. Well, yeah. I mean, if they're doing the whole disassembled house of M storyline through WandaVision, I know you're hopeful as am I. We'll see. <laughs> Patrick's keeping his fingers crossed. <laughs> Well, you have to have mutants before she can say no more mutants. I mean, I guess she should, I guess she could say no more supers. Like, I guess that's the way that you could do it. You know what I mean? Like no more soups. Yeah. But it just doesn't feel the same. Like no more mutants still every time it's like, I'm giddy thinking about it right now. So I, it's just good to have some Marvel news though. You know what I mean? Like it is. And I mean, even stuff that you didn't put on the rundown, little things that you saw like Kang right. perhaps coming into Ant-Man 3. Yeah, I didn't which, even think about doing Which that. is big news if, if it's going to happen, because I know he's one of your favorites and one of mine too. But And one I predicted forever would be a great fit. Yeah, I, I mean, there it's slowly, the wheels are slowly starting to turn. I mean, I know... You know, and, and, and this is, you know, to tie in sports, this is where I'm hopeful that sports ha- has kind of laid down the blueprint that you know, you could say, look, baseball's had some hiccups, but they're going to finish. No problems with football so far. I was watching, what was it, Tulsa and Oklahoma State yesterday. That stadium was half full. I mean, it's Oklahoma, but, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I, I don't know how I, I feel mean, about stadiums yet. I yeah, think they did got, a better job than Florida State, where sure. Florida State, like, everybody was, like, on top of each other right. in week one. And then, you know, now the coach has COVID. So, right, right. But I, I mean, you look at hockey's positive. hockey's at the Stanley cup NBA, yep. and, 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 you know, a few hiccups here and there, but, but I think it does show that if people take it seriously, you can manage this problem. And, and I'm hopeful right. that people re- recognize that and they say, okay, let's get back to filming. Uh, let's do this. I mean, uh, I'm still, let's get into the movie theaters or at least like the numbers. I know last week we were kind of pessimistic on the numbers for Mulan, but when you look at their global numbers, what it's done streaming in theaters, uh, you got to say there's something to it. I mean, there, yeah, it, it's, it, it's turning around a little bit. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that, I mean, I know a lot of people are watching how that goes down as to what black widow happens, but yeah, it, like you are saying, it's good to have any Marvel news 
to talk about, even if it's just a little bit, you know, an intro new character. Cool. Right. And this isn't even like a doom and gloom sort of thing. Like, it's just that it's, it's an anticipation thing. I think like for, at least for me, like, it's not like, Oh shit, Marvel's in trouble. No, Marvel's not in trouble. There, there's their their next movie will make plenty of money. Black Widow will do fine. I would put it in a, you know, maybe like a Captain America Civil War sort of range in terms of money. It might or not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier sort of range in terms of box office if it gets to a box office and a streaming. But we'll see. It's just DC has dominated the summer and has dominated the fall. And has had two great streaming events and has had just all this buzz. So to see Marvel releasing anything or even get some tidbits, I think is good for Marvel as well and good for its fans. I think our, the fans deserve it. So yeah, I agree. I mean, it's easy for them to let rest on their laurels and say, look what we've accomplished. Right. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, DC's done all this stuff because they needed to. And Marvel's like, all yep. right, look, let's let's we need to give them something. You know, we, we've, we've pushed Black Widow back. Everything's been pushed back. Uh, you know, the Chadwick Boseman tragedy, not, you know, that's a major blow, uh, obviously. Uh, but, you know, it's like, right. okay, let's let's throw something out. There's something that's good. That's, you know, not right. so bleak. And yeah, She-Hulk. I mean, that's going to be I, I mean, she's she's a cool character. Not one of my favorites, well, but she's a cool character for sure. Here's here's what I love about She-Hulk and Jen Walters in general. She embraces the Hulk part of her life awesome it's so great like she loves that she becomes big green and beautiful like that is she is and she's a lawyer she like there there was a fun run where it was basically she hulk attorney at law where she was representing superheroes i think i think it has the potential to be a fun irreverent superhero story and a great contrast to the hulk sort of tortured soul thing that we've always dealt with how'd you like to be that's yeah go ahead i'm sorry man and that's and that's what excites me about this character in that series is like i'm looking forward to it because i think it's gonna be a lot of fun i think we're gonna be talking about a fun show for for she hulk i hope they do like a trial or something and you know she's oh god she's she's there as she hulk and she objects and the judge is like overruled you know (laughs) that sort of thing well because because she doesn't transform back like that's the thing is like once she becomes she hulk like she doesn't go back and forth yeah like that just never happens that's true yeah and she she loves her she loves being the she hulk she's very much not bruce you know bruce who uh wants to do everything he can to get rid of it and she's like dude this is fucking awesome what are you talking about just because you can't control it don't rain on my parade she starts where where Bruce ends in infinity War with the small smart Hulk. Stuff. Right. So right. Good, good, good stuff. I'm very, very excited. You talked about good stuff. Let's, let's truly get excited here for in true star Wars trailer fashion, 30 plus seconds of not a whole lot to see or not a whole lot to, to say, but boy, howdy did people get, did we get excited? We got a Mandalorian season two teaser dropped this past week yeah we were on watch and for that people I, are giddy I, I mean i kept asking you did, did they release a trailer yet no not yet and then all of a sudden it showed up in my feed and and i mean who um yeah like you're saying not a lot revealed other than sasha banks is a jedi uh <laughs> i think is that is that what we get gleaned from that whole thing um but yeah i mean 
what are we going to get? He's got a. I mean, they are introducing the conflict between the Mandalorians and the Jedi, which is, right. is steeped in Star Wars lore. So you're getting that. You know, if you read the expansion books, right? Which I understand that you, you think is tra- not trash, but a problem because the books are the only way you understand anything that's going on. I understand. I get that, but uh, <laughs> you know, I like how you just try to gloss past that. You're I like, mean, I don't want to get into this argument today. There's a lot of stuff in the in like the like I'm I keep uh, I'm almost done with Knights of the Old Republic, the video game. There's a lot of stuff between Mandalorians and Jedi and and that sort of thing. But that issue notwithstanding, I mean, the big thing is. Uh, the leader of the Mandalorians, I forget who she was in the first season, telling um, Mando that you got to bring him back to his own kind. And he's like, right. you want me to return him to a race of sorcerers with whom we have major issues? And yes, because why? This is the way. This is the way indeed. Yeah, I was really interested. We We ended season one with this huge reveal of Giancarlo Esposito coming out as Moff Gideon with the Darksaber, he is not in the trailer at all. No. We don't know. What? He's too busy bitching down Homelander. So, you know. Well, he also is busy recording a villain voice for DuckTales. That guy's everywhere, by the way. Like, you need a bad guy, like a, a shadow, make things, you know, fix shit for the bad guy's character, Guess who's good? It's gonna be Giancarlo. Like that's who it's gonna be, or Giancarlo, or however. I, I'm probably butchering the name, but he comes in at the tail end of this season, first season, and is like the big cliffhanger. We got nothing about that. We got Mando roaming around space. He's in some sort of underground fighting ring at some point, where he gets some serious badassery. The little O'Dowd's favorite moment of the trailer is the child hitting the button and closing his stuff up yeah. because he knows what's about to go down. Right. And, and all that. We get a quick look to see that, yes, Carl Weathers is still with us. Gina Carano is still with us. Their characters will be back in some capacity. Uh, John Favreau has talked about how there's going to be sort of an expansion of the universe in this season. He keeps comparing it to Game of Thrones, which I don't like because a I don't know how to feel about that. If he's talking about in scope and size of like worlds, maybe. But if we're going to try to do Game of Thrones political intrigue, don't sign me up. I'm not down. Yeah, and let's not kill off all of our good characters too quick. You know, that sort of thing. Right. Well, what do you think? Have you seen some of the rumors that are flowing around about Pedro Pascal and and Disney and this show? Because there's uh, some rumors of some conflict there. Yeah, I don't know. What what have you heard? I mean, I, there's there's a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of the stuff I've seen is dealing with Ahsoka Tano, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff about her coming in, and, and I don't know if it's confirmed or not. It seems like it's marginally confirmed, but I haven't heard about the Pedro stuff. No, uh, I mean, allegedly, uh, he has been pretty heated with the creative direction of the character, Again, this is all speculation. This is all rumor. This is all just stuff I've read in dirt sheets, which we all know how reliable that can be. So grain of salt, heavy, heavy pinches of salt. But that it got to the point, and it, it seems to be over the, the the mask and the helmet and always having to have it on and you know that character's development. 
that, you know, led to some heated exchanges between him and showrunners and possibly like departing the set at one point for a while. I don't know, but just something to pay attention to because it'd be kind of hard to have a Mandalorian show without, you know, the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. that I mean, you could throw anybody behind the helmet, I guess, but it wouldn't be. The but same. he's already, t- but he has taken the helmet he off of the show once already. Violated the code. That's right. right. So, well, I mean, the good, only- the good thing is we're what? Six weeks away from that bad boy dropping. Right. Right around episode 52, 53, somewhere in there for us. That's right. Right around that one year anniversary, which, you know, the Mandalorian was the first show we started covering on bandwagon nerds. So this full circle, this is, this is starting to be a nice little cycle. We got there, but scale, scale of one to 10. How hyped are you for season two? At least a nine, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a great show. It was what, you know, it, it, it has a special place for me. It probably does for you, too. I mean, the issues with Rise of Skywalker, which got wedged in the whole thing, notwithstanding, uh, yeah, we started with The Mandalorian. I mean, that was the, the roots of this show was The Mandalorian. So to see it come back, it, it does feel like we've come full circle. And, and everything that's happened in this year, I mean, from where we started through that episode where Kobe Bryant died and then the pandemic setting in a few weeks. I mean, you think of everything right. that this, we've gone through on this show to kind of come back to something that feels comfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, I, it, the, tra- yeah, the trailer looks interesting. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great show. Uh, you know, you're going to get Jedi involved. It, it, it's not going to be stuff like rise of Skywalker, where we've got to read a bunch of supplementary material to figure out what's going on. Cause this really is your supplementary material in a lot of ways. True. And yeah. And of the things I've seen in recent years of star Wars outside of, um, shit, I want to forget the name of the, sh- the rogue one, rogue one, rogue one, which is probably my favorite of the newest star Wars stuff put out there. This is, this is right up there with it. The Mandalorian was, was a great fun ride. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Felt like season one was a little slow at times. So I'm hoping it picks up for season two. But some of that you just chalk up to world building. Right. So I guess the next question is, what kind of device will we be watching The Mandalorian on? Will we still be watching it through an app in our standard PlayStation 4, Xbox 3, whatever, Xbox One? Or will we be purchasing ourselves a new system and watching it on the Xbox, whatever cube thing, what are they calling it? The series X or the series S depending on your preference as to your medium of consumption, I guess. Right. Or will you be watching it on the newly announced PlayStation five, which is going to, which is our next topic PlayStation on Wednesday had another little virtual reveal session where we finally got a release date. We finally got price points, two price points and a bit of a clusterfuck when it came to the rollout of the pre-orders. So let's start with this price points like the Xbox. There are two different types of, new generation PlayStations being released, there's going to be a disc um, hardware version of the PlayStation 5 that'll come at a higher price point at around $499, so $500, and a digital content-only 
um, digital download only version of the PlayStation 5, which will come in at around 400 bucks, about $100 cheaper. A little bit more expensive than the Xbox's digital only um, system, but the specs on the PlayStation 5 are stronger. Thoughts on the initial price point? I'm not surprised by the by the price points at all. I, I thought that that was pretty much what it was going to be. Yeah, I not surprised, not shocked, not really. Just like oh fuck, man, that's so expensive. I mean, it, it's it's consistent, comparable to when PS4 launched. Might even right. be a little cheaper if I remember correctly. But I mean, that's that is what almost. When was that? That was at least eight years ago. Um, right so, now, are you going to be a la- are you going to be a launch edition guy, no. or are you going to be no? no? Me either. I don't. I don't do that because invariably these systems have bugs and things right. that need to be worked through. And I think, you know, when when you're talking about systems with the kind of power that these two are going to have, there's going to be problems. I mean, they can't even right. they can't even deal with a. Uh, pre-order properly so you got to wonder well, we're, gonna, say, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that yeah in that, but, but i mean because that, that wasn't all their fault no it wasn't i, I mean that's that's my take is i usually want to see some of the bugs get worked out and, right. and i mean spider-man miles morales is probably the best game that i've seen uh unless halo infinite is launching with the series x that would be something i'd be interested in in, in playing yeah i i mean i'm i'm peaked by final fantasy 16 um, that's my wheelhouse of a video game. Like that's those are the video games I was raised on. So, hook me up with a good old fashioned RPG. I'll, I'll play Ta- those. In, Tactics in was your number one game, wasn't it? Tactics is my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time. Right now, uh, my number one video game of all time was it? It wasn't Tactics. I don't even remember. I got to go back and look at the list. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But I mean, I remember mine because I'm still playing it. But anyway, right. I'm with you. I, I won't buy it at launch. I just have never been that person either. I've never needed a device at launch. Like I get that there's something special about being amongst the first people to have a thing, but it's never been it's never been a thing for me. It's never been something that I've been like, you know what? Dial me in. Right. Let's get this done. So. I, I mean, I, I wish DP was here because I, I mean, the thing is, not, not no disrespect to you, of course. I'm not ma- meaning that, but it just seems like with these systems, it's always at least a year or two before they really capture the, uh, right. the technology that's involved to get it to the point. Say, oh, there's there's the game that you have to play on this new system because if you play it on the old generation, it just it's not the same. And right. it usually takes a year at least for that to happen. So that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably in the same boat. Maybe my birthday because um, my birthday is in the late spring, early summer. So not quite a year, about six months or so. Also, just waiting for the fervor around the system to die down because that was a thing. So I'm going to go ahead and click on this article so I have it up in front of me so I can get this all correct. And and I mean, as you're doing that, I mean, the other thing you have to factor in is is availability. I mean, you look at the problems that the switch, you still can't get a switch. So with everybody, a lot of people still in lockdown, um, it might be hard to get these right at launch. Right. So, so yeah, so during this big rollout and set of announcements, PlayStation tweets their launch schedule, followed by a tweet that says PS5 pre-orders will be available starting as early as tomorrow at select retailers. Now, that's all they said. Now, what happened was that some places 
decided to throw it out there that it was going to be good to go that day. Looking at you, Walmart, and some other retailers as well. It was it was just one of those things like all these retailers then took it upon themselves to put it out there. You can do your pre-order now. So then people jumped on. Like I know a friend of mine jumped on to have their pre-order, you know, tried to do a pre-order through one of these retailers, got one, then got a message later. It was like, it's not actually available. Then got another message. It was like, this later one's available. Then got a message later that was like, this one's not available. Because PlayStation, in its attempt to kind of build hype and roll this out, apparently either didn't talk to the retailers. And I'm looking at this, like GameStop was another one. Walmart, Target, like they all they all put this out like, hey, pre-order, and then that wasn't really how it worked. So, Dave, who's who's at fault here? Who who's because re- um, PlayStation has apologized, Xbox has rightfully trolled them, being like, we didn't screw this up. Who's at fault? Who's t- who should we blame? Who who is the boo this man that we should be booing right now? <laughs> you can probably share the boo pretty equally amongst it. Just a. a- who this man? Not a very well-coordinated rollout, that's for sure. But I, it's hard to tell who really f- dropped the ball. What do you think? I'm not sure who dropped the ball on this one. I, yes. I think the answer is yes. <laughs> Every, I think, um, everybody. They all fucked up. Because I, I sit there and I wonder how, how you make a tweet like that if you're Sony and not tell your retailers what the deal is. And, and on the other end, if retailers were like retailers didn't seem to be caught by surprise or like, no, we're just going to do this now. Like I'm also like who jumped the gun over, uh, over at Walmart and GameStop. Like who was like, yep, you can do it. Like, are we that like, are we that eager to get in front of this? Like what, what happened? GameStop for sure. They need something. I mean, the fact that GameStop still exists is, is sort of remarkable at this point in time. Uh, you know, so they're they're trying to capitalize on something. They hey, we need something. We need to get something out there. Let's uh, pre-order. You know, so maybe GameStop jumped the gun and had a little bit more culpability in this whole thing than the others. But yeah, Sony didn't handle this well either, and just miscommunication. I wouldn't say deliberate. You know, outright lying, but they just All right people weren't communicating as well as they should have, and it led to a. Uh, what did Kotaku call it? A clusterfuck. That's a uh, clusterfuck. That's, yep. that's exactly what it was. Well, and let's let's be clear here. They'll still do fine. Oh, sure. <laughs> like people are still going to pre-order this stupid thing. They're going to gripe about it and then pre-order it anyway. Like if you want the machine, you want the machine. You're going to get it. Sony's also committed to opening up more units to be available because that was the other thing is there. This is just this is the thing I'm struggling with the video game industry. And I know that the pandemic has a lot to do with it. Scarcity of the, of the, of the device of the hardware seems to be a thing going on right now. You mentioned the Nintendo switch, which is more of a victim of, they can't keep up as families desperately try to find ways to entertain their children. Sony strikes me in their rollout to be like, now we're capping this because reasons. And maybe it's because they're worried about keeping up. I'm not sure. Could be. But that feels a little crummy, in my opinion. Like, that part, I'm, I'm not down with. But... Well, yeah, I mean, you see this every every couple of years. Remember when the, NES, the Nintendo the NES Classic came out? You've got one. I think you've got one. Yep. And they grossly underestimated how popular that thing was going to be. And now it costs yeah, yeah, almost yeah. 200 bucks to find one on Amazon. 
Uh, you you see that every once in a while. The Wii's were the same problem. They just you, you don't know, and, and it's hard to point your finger at the at the game manufacturer and say, "God, you guys really fucked up," because they're like, "We had no idea it was going to be like this." We thought, right, right. you know, our, our past statistical data told us one thing and public demand said something else. So, you know, and maybe Sony's concerned about that. It's like, you know, people don't really understand yet. We haven't really given all the details as to how badass the system is going to be. Once that word gets out there, we're not going to be able to keep up with the supply. So let's let's hold some back at this point. You know, maybe they're doing that. I don't know. I mean, you got you got two really powerful systems coming out within what two weeks of each other so yeah. it's gonna be crazy yeah everybody everybody who wants one will i'm sure find a way to get one what i found to be crazy was the people selling pre-order codes like not even not even the pre not even the right to pre-order like the opportunity to pre-order at thousands of dollars because that's the other thing is humans are pieces of trash we are shitty, shitty creatures, and all we can think about is how to profit off of others' desperation. That is why we are where we are today, kids. Like We do not have a selfless bone in our bodies. We only look out for number one. And so you got people trying to sell off the opportunity to pre-order something, not even actually pre-order something, the chance to pre-order something. At $800. I'm gonna what sell is you, wrong with you? I'm going to sell you this lottery ticket I bought for $1,000, and you might right. have a chance to win a few million. And some dumbasses probably bought it. Like, what is? what are you doing? So it's a video game system. I get it. You want the new hotness. You know what? The old hotness still works pretty well, too. So yeah, For now, at least. You know for what? A year. Yeah. But, yeah, more power to you. Anyway... Let's wrap up today by talking about the boys where the least disturbing thing to me was a dude's face getting ripped off. <laughs> uh, I don't know about least disturbing, but it was a, it was a fun episode. That's uh... okay. I, I said this in the chat. I'll say this again. When Kumiko rips that dude's face off, I verbally like out loud in the house was like, Oh my God, just brutal. This was a, this was things dialed up so fast in this episode. We, you are on the back end. You can tell we are heading towards the finish line and we learn what, what's going on with Kumiko that she's still doing hits for folks. And that poor Frenchie bless his heart. He's, he's, he's in love with her. And trying to like save her, and she don't want to be saved. She wants to be left alone, and she wants to take out her anger, and she's doing it oh, yeah. by ripping dudes' faces off, <laughs> Just, and, and oh, jamming the oh. uh, butt of revolvers in people's eye sockets and stuff like that right. too. It's uh, woo. yeah, traumatic. Geez, I, and trying to and digest were, they, this episode, man. <laughs> well, and that was the thing that was crazy. That that felt like that moment was just there. Like they made that happen, and then that was it. With Kumiko and Frenchie for the rest of the show. We didn't see them the rest of the show. Just, it was like to establish this is what they're doing because we're going to focus on Black Noir stalking Butcher Huey, Mother's Milk at Butcher's auntie's house. Aunt Judy. Yeah, Aunt Judy and the dog. 
and, and Butcher's Dog. Terror. I love Terror. I and, 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 and I you know learning a new term from this episode a fuck pig. Um, I'd not heard that before, it, but it makes sense. Yeah, I gotta say, we still don't know shit about Black Noir. We have a whole episode where we are waiting to see what he's gonna do. Nothing about it. We just oh, I love it. The mystery behind that character. It's it, it's driving me nuts. I don't know why I want to know so much about him. It, it's and it's because we don't know anything about him, and yet he just comes in and he tears shit apart walks, trying to get after. Walks Billy. through explosions. It doesn't matter. Doesn't care. Just handles his business. Takes on the three of them like they're nothing. And as Butcher lifted up by his throat before Billy bluffs his way out of it. And just just a great way. So to catch everybody a brief recap, Black Noir is able to trace Billy Butcher because of his mistake of trying to get his wife out. She refuses. He gets caught on camera. So Noir follows Butcher to his aunt's house where we're not even really certain why he's going to his aunt's. Really just seems like what to lay low. Seems I think to be he the wanted deal. to see his dog. That's really yeah. what I think oh, it was. Yeah. And his dog being the only thing he loves. Huey getting that phone call from Butcher and figuring out like that something's wrong here. Mother's milk putting it all together and knowing enough about the dog to, to confront him at the house. Butcher sees Black Noir waiting for them. And then we spend the bulk of the episode watching them prepare for an, an inevitable attack by Black Noir. The other thing we got going on is the reconciliation of what's going on with the seven as they are filming the departure of a train as well as the coming out of queen Maeve Homelander pulling all the strings, having a little bit of a meltdown and culminating with a newfound connection with Stormfront. Literally a newfound connection in every possible way. Oh boy. That was some some weird super sex, let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Homelander gets himself in some trouble because he lasers a super terrorist and there's collateral damage and he just doesn't give a shit. Right. And I love what he says, like, the whole fucking village is starving, but somebody's got a smartphone. <laughs> it's like, yes, apparently so. And so he's on damage control. And it was funny, like, when he... When he lasered that whole crowd, you know, in my first thing that jumped on my mind was like, okay, that's not real. That's just what he wants to do. But that's right, he right, would right, never right. really right. do that. And and it's it certainly the public sentiment had turned against him. And then Stormfront using social media and stupid shit like memes and gifts and stuff that we use all the time got his points back. You know, got him trending in an upward direction. Oh, it's such a it's such a reflection of our society right now. Like, that's the thing I loved about that that whole thing. She made up some shit, put it out there, and people rallied to it. And I even loved the, the, whole, the whole, like, juxtaposition of Homelander being like, old man, get off my lawn. I don't understand this, like, interwebs thing. Like, I don't understand how the internet works. I don't know what memes are. I got lasers so, for so- eyes. Why do I give a shit? Right. So Stormfront showing him how to use the internet to his advantage. It was it was so on the nose. If it was almost a little too on the nose of just where we are right now, because 
as she's putting those memes out there, I'm like, yup, that's my grandparents. That's my aunt. What's, you know, such and such. That's my dad. Post this meme and people are like, tells it like it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. But let's not lose sight of the fact that Patrick, she asked Homelander to laser her tits and he obliged and it turned her and, on. And didn't really seem to, yeah, didn't seem to face her much. Yeah, that, that's why I joked around to you. It's like the title of this episode should be Laser My Fucking Tits, which we probably can't it won't, do. It, it won't be because it's it's funny. You can always tell when I'm here to do the show and when I'm not here to do the show <laughs> because the title is always way more risque when I'm not on the show. The conversation is always way more risque when I'm not on the show. We, we, got, we got Mrs. Ungar speaking seductively into mics and stuff. It's, well, it's interesting. You got, she, you likes, got, she likes to have a good time, you, so. You got Christopher Platt, you know, making jokes, uncomfortable jokes, Margo Kidder jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. dude, I was watching like some clips from Superman the other day and I'm like, mm. you know, uh, yeah, Margo Kidder. But anyway, oh, I, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> the deep, the deep is married. He has been married. Oh, he has now gotten married to an anthropologist. And the church of the collective marches right, on. And, and Queen Maeve offering to help him. And Maeve has got, she wants to take Homelander down. And I think kind of lost in this is is the feeling of just being very uncomfortable where Starlight is right now. Because she really seems on an island in a bad surrounded spot. by great whites just circling. And you right. just feel like this is not going to end well for her. Right. Storm, Stormfront outs her in this episode yep. to just the two of them. And is like, I know you're the one who released Compound V. I know you did this. And it tells me that the, I, I mean, I'm sure Vought knows too. And, you know, and, at the end of the day, yeah, like yeah. I'm sure that. And Stormfront has something going on with who was it? Iceman from the X Men. He's at some facility somewhere. Sage, Sage Point. Right. I don't know. So something's going on there. You don't know what. Uh, but yeah, this was a this was a big episode. Just the fact that because you're thinking Stormfront Homelander, there's still going to be a confrontation there. But now there there was a, there was a confrontation. Well, that was it just sex. was a it was a, it was a copulation confrontation, not a. See, there's the name of the show: copulation confrontation. There you go. Little alliteration, I like it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we did. We got the confirmation, like, or we got the confrontation. We just got Stormfront manipulating the shit out of Homelander and moving her agenda forward. Right. Don't mind the typing noise, everybody. Sorry, that's just me making sure I don't forget the title of the show. <laughs> it was a it was a very fun episode, and like you said, you can definitely feel we are on the we're on the back nine now. That's for sure. We are. The train picked up so much steam this week. Like it just it does. It, it was just bullet train fast, and it's like, well, now what? And how long will that deal hold? before it falls through for for butcher when will Vought come after him and once again you just you can't you can't trust that home i i just you can't trust that homelander is going to stay stable what wins the next like i i still think we're going to get a different sort of confrontation between mm-hmm. stormfront and homelander i, I just don't know what it's going to be yet right right and i mean and and it makes you wonder why Vought is is clearly does not want news of homelander's son to get to the airwaves now 
because of course it's going to portray him as a rapist, but you start to wonder, do they not want people to know that, Hey, this stuff can be transferred genetically. Um, are they right. holding that back for some reason? Or is that what's going on at that facility where I'm going to call him Iceman Cause that's who he was in the X-Men. You know, it's like what, what's going on there? Are they breeding or have they done moved away from compound V? Is this like a breeding place or, or who knows what the hell's going on? But lots yeah, of who knows? lots of mysteries. But yeah, the super sex scene is it beat me and then screw me. That's uh, there right. that could be the the title of the episode I mean, too. <laughs> it's it's a it's a little tropey, and yet I was all in for it. I was like, oh, they're like the second the second that door shut and he's like thanking her. I was like, oh, they're fucking. Yeah, like that—that that was what went through my head. Well, so. And so much, so much of the boys is a is a darker alternate version of like Justice League, and, and like in just like Superman and Wonder Woman hook up, and it's you know you right. say wow you know those two having sex that would be like almost earth shattering, and 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 this episode was kind of like well this is what it should have been yeah <laughs> just right. they, throwing yeah, they, each they other off the, the walls. They and, literally they literally brought the house down. They did. So my goodness, I yeah I'm already like this is. I love that Amazon rolls out this way. I know a lot of people are like binge watcher extraordinaries. I love that I have a week to anticipate this and I'm just so excited because I can't wait to see what it's going to be. And I, and I just, we're building to something epic and I, and I'm excited. So more to come as usual next week. Great episode. Probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was different, you know, it didn't have the action, that some of the other ones did, but it had more depth than anything that was revelations so, right. abounded. Yeah. Right. So great, great stuff. And yeah, I think that's going to put a bow on the show. Oh, wait, wait, no, I forgot. Of course I have a question. It is, you know, even though it's just you, we, uh, we, it's just we, me. <laughs> it's just you, the two of us, it's Batman day. Yes. Well, yesterday was Batman day. So I'm going to ask a Batman related question. Your you you talked Batman comics earlier. The bandwagoner on me in me wants to know best your favorite artist that has drawn Batman. Oh god. I don't know. Um and I get I just trying to remember who's an artist and who's a writer. Um, would would it be easier if I threw the writer? You, know, you can you can do writer if you want, I suppose. I, I mean i I love Grant Morrison's run. Um, right, that was one of the one, and I think he's the writer. I don't think he's he's the artist. I, I mean, no, he's the writer. I, I, Jim Lee's an artist, and I, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to go away from. I think he's worked on Bat. He had to have worked on Batman. He's worked on everything. Uh, right. But I love Morrison's I mean, Go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, you could have taken the easy way out and just gone with Bob Kane, you know, the original himself. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that was that's it, it's that's an entirely different artistic style. And I mean, as I've grown older, I appreciate more of the 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 more detailed variety than just the. Uh, but yeah, Bob Kane. That that's true. Yeah, I could have taken the easy way out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm always trying to help you. Dave, you know that. <laughs> I need I need all the help I can get. We all do. So anyway, great, great, great show. I'm so glad that we were able to have Tony Acero on to talk some Batman. I really enjoyed that conversation. And like I said, like if we want to talk about what I don't know, that's that's it. Like that's the 
that's that's the one. Like that's the I, yeah, that's the character. That's the icon. And and having Tony on was a lot of fun to be able to talk about it with him today. It was a good time. Yeah, there's a lot of depth to Batman, and having 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 the Batman. Then there you go. That that's so, good stuff. I was gonna before before we go. I was gonna admit something to you. So you know, you always ask right. like, what are we watching? That sort of thing. I gotta tell you, I'm watching like I'm almost done with like season one of Stranger Things. You know. That sort of thing. So yeah. love that show so far, though. You know, and I'm, I'm actually still oh. trying to get through Game Dude. of Thrones because I've never finished Game of Thrones. Wow. Um, well, it it really turns bad and it's really rough towards the end of there. I will once again put in a plug for Lovecraft Country, though it's a show that is so it's 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 a horror show. Like it's a horror horror show. HP HP Lovecraft. It's so dense and so intense. I can really only watch one show and then I have to take a break. Like it's so it's just it's intense, but it's such a great show, such a worthwhile watch. And if horror is your thing, Halloween going on now and Walking Dead starts up again tonight, I think so. Are uh, they finishing season 10? Is that what's going on? Yeah, we got to wrap up season 10 before we go into the last season of Walking Dead ever. Yeah, I mean, looking uh, at this list, you know, just to, you know, the list you just gave me. Oh, shit. Ma- Massa Kelly did Batman. Okay, well, there's going to be that's going to be awfully hard to uh, <laughs> to get to get around that. So cool. So otherwise, why don't we uh, why don't we call it? A, why don't we call it a show? This is getting a little off the rails here. Not quite Greg DeMarco show off the rails. I don't know if you listen to this past week but we got a we got a little little nuts so much for sticking to the script huh right we did not stick to any script it was a good time dave tell everybody where to find you you can find me on twitter at attitude ag that is at attitude agg and on facebook.com slash attitude of aggression excellent you can follow me at wrestling realist on the twitter that's at w-r-e-s-t-l-n-g-r-e-a-l-i-s-t you can also follow the show, Bandwagon Nerds. Remember, Dave's going to put up a list of under-the-radar Batman stories for you to follow, so give that a check on following and keep trying to bring some good content to you all there. That's just at Bandwagon Nerds because nobody owned the domain. And follow A Winner Is You, uh, the Winner Is You podcast, and follow our good friend, the scientist DPP, at It's Me DPP. A Winner Is You is at A Winner Is Letter U not the word you. So make sure you get that right. Winners you drops every Friday. Bandwagon Nerds drops on Mondays. I'm also on the Greg DeMarco show, which drops on Wednesdays. Thank you, everybody, very much for listening to the show. Thank you one more time to Batman himself, Tony Acero. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now pull yourselves out of the basement, get some sun, and then read some Dark Knight. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com.
But I didn't have to go easy on you. A different binding agent, a stronger mix. I want you to remember that. I wanted to remind you to stay out of my way. In all the years to come, in your most private moments, I want you to remember the one man who beat you.